What's up, guys? It's going to be Wednesday, November 25th, when this goes up. I have to think now, because right now it's Tuesday night. But it's Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. And this edition of the FritzCast, very excited to tell you that uh, I have Cliff Maloney, president of Young Americans for Liberty, uh, on the episode today. And Cliff and I have a great discussion about uh, just some of the history of, of Young Americans for Liberty, the strategy behind uh, uh, their whole organization, how they pick uh, candidates. Uh, uh, they have they have rigorous tests for, for picking their candidates. Um, and how they keep, how their plan is to not only get Liberty candidates to run, uh, keep Libertarian candidates in their positions, but also keep Liberty candidates accountable. Keep them in Liberty. Don't just help them out and get them in and then let them fall off the wagon, that's not that's not going to work. It's not going to work. And I think it's a great look at, uh, I think it's a great look at comparing and contrasting, for, for instance, and I mentioned it in my conversation with Cliff uh, when, when I started this show in 2015. The show was a hardline, libertarian, third-party, rah-rah program. And now... It's walked away from that, and in case you haven't noticed, I'm hoping you have. I'm hoping that hasn't been secretive. I don't think it has been anyway, but I think you've noticed that the, the tone of the show has changed from being a libertarian Puritan to being a definite liberty Puritan, regardless of party, regardless of uh, any of that stuff. And Cliff and I discussed this at length, and it was great to have him on the show. I don't want to keep you waiting that much longer for this episode, because it's great. It's a great conversation me and Cliff had. Uh, so I'm also going to include the links uh, in the description here for uh, yaliberty.org slash door, which is the win at the door campaign, uh, and yaliberty.org slash LCA, the Liberty Candidates Academy, in case you're interested uh, out there as running as a Liberty candidate and want to see if you can get the support from Young Americans for Liberty. You could take their survey, you can get their training, and also you can, you know, ultimately help them out because they need money. Money is the, uh, you know, money makes the world go round. Money keeps things afloat. Money drives success. So if you have the resources available, you can also donate some money and Honestly, I believe it's a, a few bucks that you could uh, donate per month that, that are going towards a good, active, and proven track record uh, for liberty across the nation, not just in your own home state, but, but across the nation, which I think is important. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Cliff Maloney, President, Young Americans for Liberty on FritzCast right now. But right before I do that, happy Thanksgiving. Be civilly disobedient. That's all I'm going to say. I love you guys. Get ready for the interview. Cliff, welcome to the FritzCast. Fritz, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on, man. Um, just uh, the opportunity to talk with you and, and the work that uh, Young Americans for Liberty has done uh, this past election. Uh, really excited to dive into some of that. So I thank you for, for coming on and, and, and giving me the opportunity to pick your brain about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm familiar with your work. 
I, there's probably a lot of my listeners that are familiar with your work, but just in case anybody out there is, is stepping on here and doesn't know who you are, uh, who are you? Who, who's Cliff Maloney? Yeah, sure. So I'm uh, the president of a fantastic organization called Young Americans for Liberty. Um, I took over back in 2016 after serving as uh, Ram Paul's national youth director uh, when he ran for president. And before that, I kind of worked my way through the YAL pipeline uh, as a chapter president back in Pennsylvania, state chair, and, you know, just kind of found my way uh, enamored with these ideas of liberty. And a quick overview of YAL, you know, for your viewers out there that, that aren't totally looped in, you know, Young Americans for Liberty has been around since about 2008 as a continuation of kind of the Students for Ron Paul effort that was started back then. And we've really been focused on the same thing for many years, which is trying to recruit students to the principles of liberty, right? And I define that as free markets, civil liberties, and peace. And uh, most people now know Young Americans for Liberty uh, for our program we launched in 2018, which is something called Operation Win at the Door, which says, look, all these college students we've got excited about the principles, you know, let's try to go out and actually figure out a way that we can make a difference for liberty across the country. And so this operation went at the door. What we do is we find state level candidates that believe in the principles of liberty. I mean, these are hardcore folks. These aren't your typical uh, kind of go along to get along politicians. So we find them, endorse them at the state level, and then we send in our team or our uh, deployments, if you will, of door knockers. And uh, they pound the pavement and try to get these candidates over the finish line. And I'm happy to tell you, Fritz, you know, through this program, we set out to try to elect 250 legislators by the end of 2022. And as of this past November 3rd, uh, we've officially won 179 races. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited. It's an experiment. We're seeing how it goes. But uh, so far, we've had uh, quite a lot of success. And it seems the whole world is fixated on federal races, which is fine. We're slowly building a bench and a real infrastructure for the ideas of liberty. Yeah, that's something that uh, has really grown uh, in my own appeal in following you guys. Because when I started my show, I started this podcast back in 2015 uh, as like kind of a hardcore third-party libertarian guy. And I've slowly... Uh, over the course of the last two elections have, have walked away from being a hardline libertarian, uh, you know, third party, you know, smash the duopoly type, you know, all the talking points. And I've, I've gone more over to trying to find the opportunities that, uh, that actually have tangible efforts that work. Uh, I, f I feel like that you guys actually have a strategy in place in comparison to say the libertarian party i feel like they lack a direct a direction and actual vision whereas you guys have this groundwork laid out and you're you're sticking to the groundwork yeah so look i'll start by saying this um people can have different strategies right they can have different tactics they can have different methods to advance an ideology look i'm not going to call out any party but but our our rule at yal is loyalty to principle uh, never loyalty to any party. I always tell people, if you're spending your time building a party, whether it's the Libertarian Party, the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Constitution or Green Party, any time spent building a party is not where I want to be. I want to be spending my time being able to, if we're talking about politics, you know, being able to support somebody who has a message I agree with. And if that person gets into office, they can continue to spread that message. I think one of the things different about YAL 
is I look at what we're doing, not as we're going to elect the majority of people. And I think that if people truly believe in libertarian ideals, you should think about this. Look, it's not necessarily that you're going to go out and 51% of elected officials are all of a sudden going to say, you know what? I believe in free markets. I believe in civil liberties. I believe in peace. Every single one of these people is taking an oath to the Constitution, right? It should already be there. It should already be simple. They don't. So there's a problem with that. But my, my entire plan or Yao's entire plan is based on this notion. We have a tagline that's make liberty win, right? You've got to be able to go out and showcase to normal people that you can win. That's the first barrier. And a lot of political parties have a problem with that. But I tell people that what we're really trying to do is we're trying to get microphones, right? And that might seem odd for me to say that, but here's the thing, Fritz, let's say you have a comment about an issue in your area. You wanna get rid of the income tax, right? Now this is not a shot at you, but this is me as well, because we're both not elected to office. If we give a comment to the newspaper, they're gonna say, you know, local schmuck wants to get rid of the income tax in the state, right? Or local activists will be even nicer. But if you can go out and get two, three, four thousand people to vote for your name, regardless, I don't care what party you're under, if you can get three thousand people in certain states, it's a thousand to vote for you, guess what? Now the paper will report state representative Maloney, right? State right. representative, I'll just say state representative Fritz, so I'm not calling you out here, you know, wants to abolish the income tax. There's a certain legitimacy. There's a certain credibility. So even to your listeners that are done with politics, they're like, you know what? You know, I don't, I want to educate. I want to spread a message. I don't want to get involved with the politics. You could still be a part of this because what it's doing is it's validating and giving your ideas a platform. And so when we sat down to figure this whole thing out, to be frank with you, Fritz, it was post uh, Rand Paul's presidential race. You know, we spent nearly $10 million on that. The, the Libertarian Party hadn't uh, won a race in the past really 25 years when it comes to state house or above uh, for a partisan race. It was kind of a moment of reflection for us and, and kind of the, the Liberty movement. And we did this impact analysis to say, look, how many dollars do you have to spend to win certain races, right? How many votes do you need? And then if you had a grassroots operation, which we do, you know, with knocking doors, how many doors would you have to knock to really impact the race? And we measured that by moving the needle at least 10 points. And this might seem wonky. I hope, I hope your, your, your viewers and listeners appreciate, you know, kind of getting in the weeds. But what we were able to see was when you plot that and you figure out, okay, the impact of winning those seats versus what it would cost to move the needle 10 points by knocking doors, it just jumped out to us. Look, focus on state races. Congressional and federal Senate races, you're talking tens of millions of dollars. You can win some of these seats for state house. In some states, it costs less than $2,000 to win these seats. And so if you start to look at it from the angle we did, which is, look, we want these ideas to have the loudest microphone possible. You focus on the state level, you develop a plan that can work. 179 liberty-minded legislators that we've now gotten elected, those people, they can wreak havoc. They can burn their state houses down. You know, sometimes with just one person. And right now with all these crazy tyrannical governors, I mean, I don't think there's ever a better time for us to be fighting in the state arenas. Yeah, no, absolutely. If, there's, if there was ever a time to stand out, I, I think, and, and really drive home 
our principles, it's now because we have all these examples, state to state to state of, of governors who are putting out that legislation, those mandates, and, and a lot of it is mandates for thee, but not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with, the, with the approach, I like the approach of, of YAL as well. Win state races, get the clout, you know, get people in there who are actually in seats to be a part of the legislative process. I mean, you know, it, when, you, when you said uh, if you or I said something and the paper would say, you know, local kook, talks about politics. I mean, honestly, I, I don't have clout in the game other than I talk about it, not other than I have people come onto my show and talk about it. But uh, uh, so th- I like the action approach. This is definitely the time to do it. Um, and my understanding is, is that you guys have uh, you guys have a pretty rigorous test for who you're going to endorse and support, don't you? Yeah, so it's pretty fascinating because I try to tell people that you know, look, the, the cool thing about the state level is there's about 5,400 seats um, in the lower chambers of states across the country. That includes Nebraska with their unicameral. So if you look at it based on that, if you look at it and try to analyze, okay, you know, there's a lot of selection we can make. So we had about 1,000, I think as of today, we had 1,004 people this cycle that came to us and filled out our survey. We have a candidate survey. And out of that, you know, we endorsed less than 200. Um, so you start to do the math. I mean, we're pretty selective on who we're picking. Now, when people fill out our survey, by the way, reviewers and listeners want to go to yaliberty.org slash door. Anybody can view our survey, right? There's 30 questions on our survey and we care about two things. We care about principle and we care about viability. So I try to tell people once again, no loyalty to party. You want to run as a Democrat. I don't care. You want to run as an independent. I don't care. We've endorsed Republicans, we've endorsed Libertarians, we've endorsed Independents. The facts are this, the most successful path we've had is finding people who believe in Libertarian ideas and 178 times they ran as Republicans and won. One time, I'm happy to say we we shattered all records uh, this past November 3rd, we did endorse and win with a Libertarian. It's a gentleman named Marshall Burt in Wyoming. I was just with Marshall this past weekend, great guy. A lot of potential. I'm excited to see what he can do. He took out a Democrat incumbent in Wyoming. But I think that people struggle with that because I get so much hate from the Republican Party and so much hate from the Libertarian Party because, you know, we don't play the party game. I don't have time for it. You know, the ideas and the principles of liberty, that's what matters. Use whatever vehicle you can find to advance those ideas. And so, you know, like I said, I mean, the Republican liberty path has been the one that has worked but I'm open to anything. The problem you run into though, is if you run as a Democrat, a lot of times what will happen is the party, if they're smart in a primary, will try to corner you, the, the people primarying you. If you're a Democrat, they'll say, well, do you support a $50 minimum wage? And if you say, well, no, <laughs> I mean, you think I'm kidding. You're unelectable as a Democrat. I mean, the party, when it comes to economics, it's very tough to get by as a liberty lover in a party that is just you know, economic deniers. So I always tell everyone, we will stick to our survey, yaliberty.org slash door. You can find our candidate survey there. We're gonna stick to that regardless of party, as long as you're principled and viable, we're happy to endorse you for state office. Yeah, that, that's, and so that's yaliberty.org slash door? Yep. All right, I'll have that included in our, uh, in our notes for, uh, for the end there. Um, 
going off of that, you did say, you did say that uh, your your libertarian candidate you endorsed you met him at an event. You guys had an event uh, over the past three days, was it? Yeah. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we had over a hundred of our legislators down in Melbourne, Florida. And the funny thing, Fritz, <laughs> the uh, party establishment. This is both parties, Republicans and Democrats. They have orientation in a lot of these states. And at first, I thought it was like, ah, you know, what's the big deal? But this is how they get you right off the bat, right? You have principal folks that run, and a lot of times, you know, they don't have an organization or they don't have a backing to kind of, uh, you know, stand their ground. And so they go into this, this orientation put on by the establishment, and they kind of, you know, oh, no, you know, you don't, you're not going to want to object here. You're going to want to do this. Nobody ever objects to this. You should, you know, fall in line is what they're saying. So we started doing this, and, and it's a really important part of our programming, which is bring all of these people in. And, you know, really talk about tactics, share strategies, talk about model liberty legislation. And so uh, it was pretty fascinating to have over 100 people and to do it in person uh, safely. You know, it was uh, it was really, really cool to see everybody come together. Yeah, yeah. And you said to do it safely. So I assume that uh, I assume that there was still social distancing, masks, you know, things of that nature that had to be in place or. Uh, how do I say this correctly? Um, <laughs> there. Uh, we, we were open to folks wearing masks. Yes. Um, we were, we were, the seats were originally set out, uh, originally set out with social distancing and, you know, we let human beings do what human beings want to do and be free. Um, you know, some people were obviously more, uh, cautious than others. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, we were excited for everybody together, give people the option, the social distance, the option to wear masks, uh, which I think is, uh, you know, what, what should be correct. Cause some people, you know, they, they need to take the distance and they need to wear the mask. It's fine. Um, but it was really nice to have everybody together to go over the training. Um, and as I say, you know, look, we, we do a one day training called a Liberty candidate Academy. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, we teach people how to run for office as a principal candidate, how to win as a principal candidate, and then how to stay principal. And that, that third part is, is one of the most important things we do, which is, trying to make sure that each of our candidates continues to remain principled and be a voice, uh, you know, for, for the message of Liberty. And I think, uh, you know, now when these folks get elected, that's our resume, right? So I'm, I'm very interested in making sure that they stay, you know, stay principled, if you will. Stay principled, stay pure to the, to the, uh, to the principles. Yes. Uh, accountability probably is the best word for it. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, you know, look, we can have honest discussions. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, out of the 179 we've elected, we have kicked one person out of our coalition. Had a gentleman up in Vermont, uh, his name is Patrick Seymour. I'm happy to uh, say his name, if you will, call him out. Um, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's not principled, and he lied to us. And uh, if you're going to lie to us, if you're going to tell us you're going to stay principled, you can't be voting for $21 million tax increases on a plastic bag ban. Um, you know, there's just things that aren't, uh, aren't, uh, forgivable, but here was the cool thing. I'll tell you this, Fritz, I shot an email to our entire coalition, letting them know that we had kicked this gentleman out. And so many of these legislators responded to me and they said, you know, thank you. They said for so long, we've been principled, but no one's really been held accountable if they stepped out of line. And you guys are one of the first groups that is actually taking this stance and trying to hold these people accountable. Um, and so I will tell you, there are some honest discussions. You know, even Ron Paul and the Justin Amashes and Thomas Masseys, they would disagree 
on some bills because, you know, one would say it was crony capitalism and the other would say, well, it's a tax increase, so I'll give a tax increase to anybody. Um, mm -hmm. So those are honest debates, honest conversations. But, you know, if people take egregious votes or make egregious statements that are against our principles, you know, we go all in um, and we, we try to take care of it. People can look at the issues we care about on the survey. Um, there are two we don't touch, and that is immigration and the life issue. Um, I, I, I'm open about that. There are a lot of arguments uh, on, uh, I don't like to even say either side, because I think it becomes with immigration, it's like either, you know, build the wall or it's total open immigration. No, I think there's probably a middle ground for legal immigration, but it's become so politicized that we don't touch that issue. Um, the same thing on life, you know, it's a lot of libertarians have this idea that they're pro-life, but, you know, a government, shouldn't, a government shouldn't be getting in the way of a doctor and a patient. And other people say, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. You know, government's one duty is to, de to defend life. So we've taken a strategic decision to not look at those issues. Um, but if you go and look at our survey, you can see, I mean, we're going to hold people accountable to those 30 issues that we do ask them to take a position on. Gotcha. And, and so what are the plans now? I mean, obviously, we've gone, you've gone through a, a successful 2018 and even more successful 2020 election. And so now I'm, I'm guessing all the groundwork and, and going full steam ahead on uh, 2022 happens now, correct? Yeah, people, people think it's time to relax. We're just getting started. Um, I always have to tell individuals, you know, anytime you think, especially running a nonprofit and my staff who, who work tirelessly, you know, anytime you think you've got a little bit of a break, it typically means you actually need to be planning uh, and, and spending a lot of time doing that. So yeah, look, 2021 looks like this. We're going to do about 4,000 to 5,000 campus recruitment events. We're going to try to sign up 60 to 80,000 individuals on our sign-up sheets. And we're going to try to build our active membership up to roughly 6,000 active members. And the reason for that is twofold. One, in 2021, we've got a huge event called Mobilize 2021. I have not announced it officially yet. We're going to be putting it out in the next couple of weeks um, with the location. And uh, it's going to be in August, and it's going to be very exciting. And we want to get our entire network out to that. Another part of 2021 is we're going to be doing some on-the-ground work for specific legislation. This is something we have never done as an organization, but we're actually going to get out there, find some Liberty Bills, and get our students to go into the districts of some of these squishy uh, Republicans and squishy Democrats that, you know, should be supporting these bills and getting them on board, kind of, uh, you know, talking to their voters until we get the politician to say, okay, I'll support you. With all that being said, this is all an effort to get ourselves built up for 2022 to try to hit our goal of winning 250 races. Now you can do the math and say, well, you're at 179. Um, you know, we're getting close. Uh, we're, what, what's the math on that? 70, I haven't done this yet. 71 wins away from our goal. I'm a former middle school math teacher. So I hope to God I got that right. Or <laughs> but yeah, 179. Right. Yeah, we've got about 71 races to win. Um, my grassroots vice president, Justin Grice, will get very mad at me if I start moving the goalposts past 250. But yeah, that will be our expectation is to build this year hammer out some legislation to back up our champions, but really get the infrastructure built. So in 2022, you know, when we go out to pound the pavement through Operation Win at the Door, uh, we're ready to go. And so uh, it's, it's not just the students, though. It's not just the door knockers. This year also, we'll do a bunch of those Liberty Candidate Academies. 
one-day trainings. If you go to yaliberty.org slash LCA, you can check out the Liberty Candidate Academies, yaliberty.org slash LCA, and uh, we'll have them across the country. And if you want one in your state, you're willing to recruit for it, let us know. But the idea would be to get a lot of our candidates or prospective candidates to come out to that. And then hopefully they, they kind of take the skills and they're able to build a plan to run a viable principal campaign in 2022. And the last nugget, don't forget there are two states with elections in 2021 at the state level, Virginia and New Jersey. Uh, no offense to New Jersey, but I, I think we will probably spend most of our time on Virginia just based on uh, the past uh, history. We've had a lot of success in Virginia, but um, you know, Pennsylvania, or excuse me, Virginia and New Jersey uh, are both 2021 off year. So really focused on 22, but this year with the LCAs, with Mobilize 2021, and then with that legislative effort paired with all of our campus recruitment, um, we're just getting started. It's, uh, it's going to be a full-fledged year. I'm glad that you brought up the, uh, the Liberty Candidate Academies uh, as well, because that's something that I wanted to ask you just as, as an individual myself. This is something that, uh, you know, it's been brewing in the back of my head. Would I want to run for, for a position in an office? But the problem is uh, the way that I see myself, I'm a schmuck. I don't know anything, you know, I don't know anything about fundraising. I don't know anything about door knocking. I don't know any of that uh, aspect. So if you can briefly, what does your candidate academy cover? Like what, what, what resources does it give to a prospective candidate? Well, I do a bad job of trying to cover that, even if you gave me a full 30 minutes, because, um, you know, that's, it's a 12 hour training. It's 18 steps. And really we just walk you through, look, we've done 179 successful races now, you know, what's worked. Um, I will tell you this, we encourage people to move into a district where they can run in a primary. Primaries are cheaper. Primaries are uh, a smaller universe. And here, here's, the, here's the math. If, if I get a little too nerdy, let me know. There's about 5,400 seats, like I told you, across the country, right? You figure 2,000 of those seats, roughly, are hardcore Republican seats. 2,000 are hardcore Democrat seats. And roughly 1,000 to 1,400 are, are what you call the general election battles, the toss-ups. So with that being said, if you can find one of those 4,000 seats where, look, if you win the primary, it's over, right? It's over. Yeah. And this is where, once again, this is where parties hate me because, oh, you know, you're using the system and, you know, we do all this work to build our parties. And I'm talking about Republican, Democrat, and Libertarian Party coming after me. I, I don't care. I, when you win, people listen to your ideas. You get to legislate. You get to speak. You get to stop the bad stuff. You get to speak up. To the, the, to the horrible, horrible things government tries to do. That's why we use the tagline, make liberty win. So I have found the best strategy so far, and I'm open, wide open, any other strategy where you can show me at a good price, it's scalable. Because look, as a middle school math teacher, that's what I care about. I got to be able to scale it, okay? One person, like Marshall Burton, Wyoming, I love Marshall. I'm pumped about Marshall winning as a libertarian. I got to figure out how to scale it. I got to figure out ways that you can, you know, but now that he's won, we can do a deep dive analysis and we can figure out if this is something we can take somewhere else. But a lot of people just want to, you know, they want to complain, show me a way and a path to victory and we'll scale it. So out of those 2000 seats, obviously we've worked the Republican angle. It's worked well, you know, find a Republican seat, get involved in the primary, run on, run on a hardcore message. You want to get rid of the state income tax. You want to get rid of all property taxes. 
you want to get rid of all um, regulations on businesses, right? You can pick some of these economic issues as a libertarian running as a Republican, and, and the, the base will love you. They will love you. They will eat it up. You can call out, you know, the rhinos and some of these big government Republicans. To me, it just makes so much sense. And so I'm not telling you that's the whole point of LCA, but I'm giving you just a couple nuggets of kind of getting people to understand how to build a message, how to hire staff, how much money you're going to have to raise, how to raise the funds. You know, we walked through all of this, but I'll tell you the thing that I nerd out on is, you know, picking your district and understanding if you are viable. Because most people that come to these, they're principled, right? They're showing up because they care about the ideas. What I'm trying to teach them is how do you become viable, right? How do you put yourself in a position where you can actually win? And then, as I always say, win as a principled candidate and then stay principled. That's the key to what we're trying to teach them. Absolutely. And, and I, think that's, I think that's a big key with the, uh, with the accountability aspect, keeping people principled. And it's not just about winning. It's about winning and sticking to the principles because you can win and then lose them. What have you accomplished? You haven't really accomplished anything, but you win and you keep pushing the principles and everybody keeps each other in line then we're making a change. And, and I think that plays into something else too, because when I hear you speak, when I hear a lot of your candidates speak, I get more of a vibe of like, let's get, let's walk this thing back to where we want it to be. Like, let's put in these changes that are incremental changes that get us back to, you know, good, solid, principled government. Yeah. And look, it's really cool. I mean, you can follow some of the work our folks are doing. I mean, you know, some of them are, are leading the charge here against some of the lockdowns, not because they're, you know, anti-mask, not because they're, you know, pro-forcing people to go to work, but they're for people having the choice. You know, they, the people should be able to risk it. They're, they're standing up against the one-size-fits-all nonsense. And so I've been really proud to see, you know, not just their voting record, but the comments they make on public issues. You know, we're, we're also giving them the backbone to realize that, look, you can step out of line from what the party's telling you to do, we'll back you up, right? This is the power of political parties is it's an infrastructure, right? People stick with the party because that's their path to reelection. Well, what happens when the party doesn't represent the people, right? I want people with courage. I want people that believe in the principles of liberty. And then what you can do is you can actually give somebody a path where, hey, speak out and be principled. The people are going to love it. But usually the party will leave you if you don't walk lockstep with the party, if you don't you know, bow down to leadership, they're going to tell you, well, you know, can't, can't, can't get you reelected. All the money's cut off. Who cares? We'll send in students. We'll back them up. We'll get them reelected. And the more that these legislators that are on our team get this, you know, the more that they get, I'm not asking them for anything. I'm not looking for favors. Just vote with the constitution. Just vote with we, the people. If you do that, we'll back you up. We'll get you reelected. We'll make sure that we show up and the people know that you didn't fall in line with the party. You stood for liberty. That to me is the value of what we're doing is it's not just getting them elected. It's making these officials, uh, no, not just the people we get elected, but the, the party leaders, that we don't care about their BS anymore, right? We want people that believe in principle and we're gonna give them the ability to go out and stay committed because we are gonna help them get reelected and the cool thing is when they do this, a lot of times they don't even need our help. They realize the lies that the establishment tells them because the establishment tells them if you fall out of line, guess what? You're never going to get reelected. 
the people love when there's some courage. The people love when there's some consistency. And so I think our legislators are learning that. And it's something exciting to watch. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So Young America's for Young Americans for Liberty, great work by you guys, great hard work from you guys. What can we do? What can people like me do to support you? Where can we find not only you, Cliff, but, but YAL as well? Uh, let's do that for, the, for wrapping up the show. Yeah, if you head over to yaliberty.org, I always say there's three really, really important things people can do to help us. Um, the first is people can chip in. You know, what we do costs money the resources for campus, the resources for knocking doors, the literature, the technology, the stipends, the housing, the Gatorade, the gas money, you know, all these things cost money. So uh, even if you could chip in 10 bucks or 10 bucks a month, you know, we'd love the support. The second thing is we need candidates to go on record. So if you can go out there, one, I'd love for you to try to recruit us some Liberty candidates, but even if you can't get that survey, yaliberty.org slash door, Get that survey to your local state representative or state delegate or state assemblyman, whatever they go by in your state, we want them on record. And so there's a lot of value in you reaching out. Everyone here is going to have somebody at the state level that, that represents you. Get them to fill out our survey. Encourage them to do that. It helps us to get these folks on record. And then the last thing is, you know, getting involved in knocking doors. Um, it's not for everybody, but for those activists that, you know, actually say they want to make a difference, they want to make Liberty win. Knocking doors wins wars. You know, it's time to actually get in the fight. So I'd encourage you, get involved. If you're on college campus, it's a lot easier because we have our chapters based on campus. But even if you're a young professional, we've got Mobilize 2021. We've got tons of opportunities for people to get involved. Um, but Fritz, just want to say thank you and everybody out there, uh, yaliberty.org. We're in the middle of this experiment that is Operation Win at the Door. But uh, if we can get 250 Liberty legislators elected, I think you're going to see a huge change in this country over the next decade. Cliff, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for laying out all that information for us, pal. All right. You take care, Fritz.